More than half of all companies globally are family-owned or operated. Family businesses contribute 70% of the world's GDP and account for 65% of jobs. Their voices are important. Their stories must be told. Brought to you by the award-winning publication, Tharavat Magazine. This is the Family Business Voice with your host, Ramya Elagami. On this episode of the Family Business Voice, we spoke to Jeanette Gregson, CEO of All States Trailers Fairs, ASTS, about open communication, next generation structuring, and the characteristic family business work ethic. Since ASTS was founded by Jeanette's father, Peter Hilton, in 1997, it's become one of the industry leaders as a distributor of spare parts for trailers to the automotive, industrial, and OEM markets in Australia and New Zealand. Jeanette now works closely with her sister, Cherie Robertson, who helps steer the business as a director. Enjoy this episode with Jeanette. Do you have a very conscious moment in your life that you remember realizing that your family has a business? I've got two defining points of that, I think. One was because I did a stint in London and I came home one time to visit family. And I was sitting at work, going into work to see dad, and I was sitting there, I was talking to one of uh, his employees at the time. And he said to me, Jeanette, do you realise what your father has built here? Like, because when I was always involved with dad, it was always just been, you know, you from the ground up, you started the back of a shed, blah, 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 and then, yeah. like, it got bigger and bigger and bigger and you just don't really pay attention. And I was doing my own life, my own thing. <laughs> and I kind of looked around and I went, oh, not really. That was the first moment. Then I went back to London and I just sort of kept ticking away in my head and I'm thinking, what am I doing in London? I'm here. I've been there for five years at this point. And it took me about probably another 12 months to sort of really realise where I wanted to go and what I wanted to do. And I thought, mm. you know what, it's time for me to go home. Like I was never going to settle in London and I was always going to move home at some point. And I thought, now's the opportunity. This is big enough to support me. Let's do it. What was that transition like for you, though, like from, you know, the theory in your head of what this business is like to working in it? What was the reality compared to how you imagined it to be? I think there's a quite naive with regards to what it takes to run a business because mm-hmm. I'd always worked for someone and had a specific role and, you know, you work hard and you do that and good, strong work ethic, but you it's nothing compared to what you've got to do in your own business because you literally have to do everything and learn it and figure it and like just learning the business side of it and then dealing with employees and it was just like a whole new world mm. that's taken a while to sort of get your head around. You know, I don't looking back now, you just kind of go, I had no idea. You know, but at the time, I think I was, I was be cool. I go home, work in the business, you know, just pretty carefree about it <laughs> without realizing the intensity of it, I think. What have been the changes that you and your sister have brought to the business that you're very aware of? Like, okay, since we've joined, these are really the things that have massively changed basically about the company. Yeah, we implemented structure and processes mm. and procedures because mm. when mm. we came in, there was none of that. It was just, you know, shed full of stock, people everywhere, stock everywhere, (laughs) mess, just everything. So we brought a level of structure to it, which has enabled a lot of efficiencies. 
so that we're continually involving with the efficiency side of it. And now, um, so that was a major shift that we brought and having to get staff to change with the, with the um, structural, you know, dynamic and that kind of thing and realising that um, there was a point there where we were still battling around with our structure and our staff and at the same time, because the three of us were dealing with our families and trying to chop and change, we're chopping and changing roles because we've always made sure we could cross-pollinate everywhere, we could all do a bit of everything. Like if someone had to go get the kids, the other person to handle the day, and it, yeah. you know, just things like that. So the staff didn't know who to report to. So they were coming to me and I'd say yes to what I say and then they'd go to Shree and she'd be like, do what I say and they go to Dad and he'd be like, do what I say. <laughs> so, <the staff laughs> oh, <no. laughs> so we realised pretty quickly that structure is critical and putting that structure in place has been absolutely epic for us as a business. You've taken on the role uh, of CEO. Did you prepare yourself and your team for this transition very consciously or did you at that time just pick up the reins and you just went with it well that was right at a pivotal point where we we're a bit of a crisis where our staff didn't know what they were doing who, who to report to mm-hmm. and it was right when we were trying to find the structure and mm-hmm. we had an external um, consultant who's a really good mate of ours sort of come in for a couple of sessions with us and he was saying you need the structure who's going to be the person <laughs> Mm-hmm. and he basically said can't be your father because he's transitioning out one of you girls need to pick up the reins and it just kind of naturally um both of them were just like well it's got to be Jeanette mm-hmm. um just because we've all got our different skill sets and they could see that and for years dad's been saying oh Jeanette can run this business Jeanette can run it Jeanette can run it she's fine mm-hmm. you know like for years he's been kind of pre-prepping me if anything been saying that but the reality is, is that it's really my sister and I that run the business. Mm-hmm. Um, I might be CEO from a structure perspective, but we tap on each other all the time mm. with regards to what we do, what direction we're heading, you know, make sure we've got the structure and everything sure. and that we're on the same journey and the same path. Do you feel like the culture and the company is going to be changed now that you're a CEO, like a little bit with regards to that? Does your strategy change now that you and your sister are like, you know, more at the helm? Does, do you feel that? Absolutely. We have definitely, um, our focus is changing. We're building our community and our culture, right? So one of our goals is to have a culture in place where our talent want to come to work and we want them to love being at work. We want them to enjoy mm-hmm. it instead of the old school mentality of the iron fist where mm-hmm. you come to work and you do the job and you don't, like mm-hmm. that's just the old school mentality. Whereas we're trying to create an environment that I want to work there, you know, yes. like let's go there, I want yes. to be one of your talent, pick me, pick me. Yes. And we're definitely working on that and we're starting to get a really good team now. Like it's taken us a long time but we're starting to get the team that we want on the journey and mm. having everyone on the same direction and the same path is just awesome. How do you and your sister talk about the future of the business now? Is it like for you, is it a very clearly defined, well, we want to have a multi-generational enterprise, like, you know, we really want a third generation, we really even want a fourth generation, or are you still in the frame of mind where you're like, you know what, well, let's make sure we're here next year. You know what I mean? Like, you know, let's let's just survive yeah. the next few years. Like, has your thinking sort of like shifted towards more long-term or not yet? Our plan for the business is to grow it and mm-hmm. to... Um, be like at the moment we're national but we want to like corner the market and be the 
trailer um, supplier of choice and mm-hmm. have that trusted technical background. So mm-hmm. at the moment our whole focus is just getting the business to that next big step mm-hmm. to, you know, have factories in every state and or supply in every state and to really be um, hamming it up so much um, more than the generational thing, I think. Sure. I think, we're, yeah, we've just kind of focused on what Shree and I want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, if our kids want to come into the business down the track, no problem. But I think we would be very much like Dad was with us where you go and have your journey first, you right. go do what you want to do, and then you choose to come back. Right. You know, there's no force, no stress. If you don't want to continue business, that's fine too. Just go and get your skill. And then if you choose to come into it, fantastic, you can bring your skill that you've learned elsewhere Mm. Um, into the business, you know. But likewise, if they wanted to come in from the start, we would never turn that away. But we would, because because it's an old school founded business, we're very clear on our work ethic. Yes. <laughs> so our offspring would have to be on that frame of mind too. We live in a kind of an odd time, I guess, and I don't think that we can probably talk about our businesses today without touching upon the pandemic at least and yeah, some some borderline right, it's it's a it almost <laughs> feels like a social responsibility to to talk about it <laughs> um not that i think anyone isn't royally sick of it by this time i think but um what was the realization point for you where, where you and your sister turned to each other and were like okay well you know this is this is serious like you know we need to put in measures like were you early to the game did you realize soon what this would be or did it take you a while to wrap your brain around it yeah we we're pretty quick on to it we we're pretty early to start pivoting but our father was onto it way before us really? he came in office one day and said Jeanette, what if this is a huge issue, you know, blah, blah, blah. And both me and my sister were like, no, <laughs> no problem, no, it's fine. Literally a week later we're like, crap, we need to do something. Yeah. <laughs> and that was right early on, like that was mm. right at the start. So we were, we were very lucky that we um, actually, my sister and I went to a conference in Sydney probably two weeks before it got really serious And at that conference, they were talking to us about this is serious, get ready, blah, blah, right. blah. So right. Green and I came out of that going, crap, let's buy every webcam we can. Let's, yeah. you know, who's remote ready? What can we do remotely? And blah, blah, blah. And because we're very heavily fabrication and um, on the ground, like we need people at work to dispatch goods. We can't really remote remote. I can work some sales guys for remotely, but not really many people. But We're lucky that we have space at work so we could space everybody out in the office. Okay. Mm. So we immediately just kind of worked through all that, getting everyone spaced out. We tested one of our um, key guys working from home continually through Zoom, which worked brilliantly. So we thought, great, we can handle that side of things and just started training the water and we immediately started looking into getting the war chest together mm-hmm. just so that if, you know, we could pull some levers should we need to and we pretty quickly developed a four-phase plan where if this happened, we'd do that. If this happened, we'd do that. If this happened, we'd do that. And it literally was pulling the business right back to account for the COVID pandemic and just how far, depending on how far pullback we got stopped as a business, what we would have to do to survive. Hmm. Um, And I think because we had that, we had that pretty much ready to go within two weeks. So because we had that and then it all went crazy, we were relatively comfortable through the process. 
And then, you know, like as Australia started to sort of get back on its feet, probably, um, I don't know, about a month ago, we just planned back in again. And, you know what I mean? It was just really great. Like we just had to go with it. And now I think we're at the point of it could come back again for the second wave. Everyone's getting ready for that. So we're just going a bit softly, softly and taking as much advice that we can from anybody who knows anything like everybody else and just kind of doing our own thing. But we are lucky in the sense that when everything was shut down and we had to pivot and make all of our changes, we're lucky because our industry um, being trailers, people could no longer travel. They could no longer cross borders. If people were looking for things to do, they're going camping, they'll loan up the trailers, they're doing stuff. So it did generate a bit of industry um, for us, which was great. So I think that's helped sort of pull it back a little. Mm. And now it's just all about what's going to happen over the next couple of months. So it's just a waiting game, you know, and the end of the financial year comes and you're supposed to set your budgets for the next six months. And I said to my sister, there's no way we're doing that. Yeah, like you can only six two to three months out at best. So we've just completely re-geared how we do things. You seem to have been successful in transitioning from one generation to the next, uh, changing leadership and the family ties are very much intact and, and everyone, you know, as well survived any kind of potential conflict you might have you might have faced in that regard. Uh, do you have any tips maybe for family businesses faced with that transition moment like you know where you're like okay really watch out for these things yeah the only way that my sister myself and my father have been able to communicate and still be friends (laughs) is we've done a lot of self-work and a lot of coaching and self-development as a family to Mm. make sure that we are very open and we're very communicative and if anything's a problem, we talk about it straight away. We don't let it fester, um, but we've done a lot of that because otherwise I don't think we'd probably survive, when, you know what I mean, because family business is tough. Mm. And if you don't have that openness, mm. I think we're probably lucky because mum had her disease growing up, the three of us became pretty close and tight-knit and we just kind of made it work around mm. around mum. So when she passed and dad sort of was doing what he was doing we've always maintained that closeness Mm. so I think that's given us a step up into being a strong unit where we've just had to be very you know aligned and we found that staff uh, over the years say one thing to one person one thing to another and it's just because it's trying to manipulate the situation but the more open and communicative we are staff can't do that so they kind of catch on to that pretty quickly and then Mm. they're on the journey with you which is great you know, so um, it's definitely been a journey. But if we hadn't have done that self-work and we're always still doing self-work <laughs> and communicating and stuff like that because there's always stuff that comes up. But, it, like, it's just been brilliant. And now we find between me and my sister, like one of us might be finding it a bit tough but the other one just naturally steps up and does mm. stuff. And then, like, for example, let me just go off hockey so I went through a separation recently and my sister just stepped right up and handled mm-hmm. situations to allow me the breathing room that I needed and then you know like we just kind of tag team like that yeah which has always been really good like I think to have someone know you really well no one knows mm-hmm. you quite like family that's true and they can step in when they need to without even talking to you sometimes you know I think that's where the benefit comes in but um 
yeah, and I think a lot of that closeness and communication only comes from being so open. Yeah. About everything. So, you know, I think that's super important as a family business. Which is a muscle one has to train. And as you very well say, sometimes it helps yes. to have outside support for these things. Jeanette, thank you so much for an interview full of insights and advice for others. We really appreciate it. No problem. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Family Business Voice. Subscribe to our channels now on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, or Spotify to be notified of our weekly episodes.